My text this morning is found in Genesis chapter 39 verses 1 and 12. We are looking at modern day Joseph's. We just talked about, we have announcements? No announcements today. Modern day Joseph's. Modern day Joseph's. And we are looking at what Joseph went through in his life and how we can learn from his example as we have from David. And this series came from the previous series of modern day David, which came from the previous series on the life of Gideon, on how to succeed in success. And that Gideon failed in succeeding in success because pride got the best of him and he fell off track. It's very difficult to succeed in success. It's very difficult to maintain your integrity when blessings come if you're not careful. David teaches us how to succeed in success. And now Joseph is going to teach us how to succeed in success. Verses 1 to 12. Verses 1 to 12 of Genesis chapter 39. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. Please underscore that. And he was prosperous. Please underscore that as well. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in the land, or in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him and made him an overseer over the house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. And it came to pass from that time on that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Can you imagine that? He blessed this pagan, this heathen, because of Joseph. Oh, there's a sermon here. And the blessings of the Lord was upon all that he had in the field and in his house. Verse 6. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save or except the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast eyes upon Joseph. And she said, lie with me, sleep with me. But he refused. And he said unto his master's wife, behold, my master wotteth, or is concerned, concern not what is with me in this house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than, than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Did you notice? Not sin against her, against God oh we're going to go places this morning and it came to pass verse 10 as she spake to Joseph day by day notice day by day this wasn't just one temptation this was continuous that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her 
And it came to pass this time that Joseph went into his house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there and she caught him by his coat or garment saying, come and sleep with me. And he left his garment in her hand and he fled and got out of there. He got out of Dodge pretty quick. Wow, what a story. What a story we have this morning. One of the greatest stories we see describing a man's integrity. I've entitled this message, Favor Isn't Fair. Favor isn't fair. What does that mean? Well, stay along. You're going to enjoy this ride, I trust. Now, when we left Joseph last week, we found him sold to the Ishmaelites. They took him and sold him to Potiphar's house as a slave. So here we have this man whom God has chosen. Watch this now. Here we have this man who God has called, who God has favored. God has favored Joseph. And now he's being sold as a slave. Hence my title, favor isn't fair. How many times have you said to yourself, well, that isn't fair. How many times have you said inadvertently, God isn't fair? If we be perfectly honest. And now in our text, as we discover, Joseph is 27 years of age. And he has been going through one trial after another. And it started very early in his life. You see, friends, it's one thing to go through one trial and get by. It's another thing to go through trial after trial after trial after trial Joseph was plagued with trials he could have cried out favor isn't fair God where are you if you love me if your hands upon me then where are you why am I going through this why are these things happening to me you gave me a vision you said I'm doing this you said I'd be and now I'm going through one pit to the prison, to the pit, to the prison. Life isn't fair. Favor isn't fair. What is going on? Oh God, has anyone ever said that before? Now interestingly, Joseph is the only patriarch who didn't have a face-to-face encounter with God. No angelic visitation. No theophany. No miracles. Think about it. Joseph had a vision, but Joseph had no face-to-face encounter. We don't see Joseph performing any kind of miracles. We don't see Joseph having anything that's outside of, 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 really, that's supernatural, if you will, in a sense of what we see the apostles or some of the other patriarchs in the Bible, some of the other men of God that experienced the sensational and the power and the anointing in a way that was so visible. We don't see Joseph doing or experiencing these things. Yet, why does Joseph typify Jesus more than anyone? else in the Bible why what was it about Joseph that made him different 
What was it about Joseph where, where we look at him and we see and all these, all scholars agree, no one typified Christ more than Joseph. Why? I need to ask you why he had no miraculous, no visitation. What was it about Joseph that set him apart? What was it about Joseph? See, we, we, we think that for us to be spiritual, we think for us to be holy, we think for us to be truly used by God, we think, we think that, that if, if we truly have a, a relationship and an encounter with God then surely the supernatural is going to flow through us surely we're going to see signs and wonders flowing through our lives surely we're going to be filled with the gifts of the spirit ah my friend you are mistaken that can be true yes but that is not always the truth did not Jesus say in Matthew 7 20, uh, 21 I believe it is Jesus wait a minute, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we have all this power and authority to tread over serpent? Didn't we do this? Didn't we experience this? Didn't we have this? Didn't we go about doing this? Do all these miracles. And what did Jesus say to these men who performed miracles, who the power of God was seen in their lives? Jesus said, depart from me, I don't know you. Wow, that tells me miracles can be part of your life and you still don't know God. Don't ever judge somebody or make an assessment because you might see a miracle in that person's life. That could mean something positive, but it doesn't necessarily mean it is even from God. In Revelation chapter 9 to chapter 13, I'm doing the book of Revelation. The Bible tells us that the false prophet was doing miracles and people were following, but these miracles didn't come from God. It came from the power of the devil. You know, in Haiti, there was a woman who was possessed with demons and there were four missionaries from different parts of the world. One from Belgium, one from uh, Holland, uh, one from France, and I believe the other one was from England. Four different missionaries working together in Haiti. True story. This skinny woman, maybe 80, 90 pounds, came in. She was tormented, yelling and pushing these men back like they were nothing. And she looked at these missionaries and, and the pastor that was praying for her and she began to speak in tongues. But it wasn't tongues. She was cursing them out in their own language and she's never been to school. She cursed them out in Dutch, in, I guess it was French, in English, and in the, another, another language and she spoke fluently and she never ever went to school, certainly didn't know how to speak these languages. It was the devil. The devil in her. You see, friends, the miraculous doesn't mean God. We need discernment today. So many people, they, have the, they, they think certain things come from God because this person might look the type, might speak the type, and you see miracles, and all oh, this, this, this. Discernment. 
And in the last days, we're going to see a deception rise more and more. And many people will be deceived. For the Bible tells us there's going to be a great falling away, a falling out in 2 Thessalonians. tells us when the man of perdition is come to the scene, a great falling out. In other words, before the end times, before Jesus comes and the Antichrist raises his ugly head, we're going to see a great falling away, my friends. People are going to be deceived in unprecedented matters and I'm telling you I have never seen deception like it is today be careful who you're listening to be careful of the preachers you're listening to I'm telling you now I am warning you because I care and one of my solemn responsibilities as a pastor is to warn the flock be careful who you're listening to just remember what I'm saying to you. And so Joseph typifies Jesus, not because of the signs and wonders, but because of his life. His life. His life. Now there are two parts to our story that we're going to look at. Two tests. And God will test his people. Whom he loves, what does he do? He chastens, he tests. It's a part of reality. It's a part of our Christian walk. The two tests we're going to talk about in modern day Joseph's, you can expect this in your life. Number one, you're going to see the test of prosperity and the test of purity. The test of prosperity and the test of purity. And you can be sure, friends, that tests will reveal who you are. Tests will reveal who you really are. Who you really are is revealed through tests. Who you really are is revealed through tribulation. Who you really are is revealed when things are tough, dark, and ominous. You can be sure of that. And so, let's look now. And I need to prefix certain things by saying that Joseph wasn't great because of what he did. He did great things, no doubt. But Joseph wasn't great because of the things he did. You're not great because of the things you do. He said, well, Pastor Dino, hold on a second. Faith without works is dead. Yes, of course, we know that. I understand that. But the things you might do might have a wrong motive. And if you have a wrong motive in doing things that you do, then God weeps. He doesn't applaud. You can do great things. But if your heart isn't right, it means nothing. Didn't Jesus say to the Pharisees? Oh yeah, you, you pray publicly, wonderful. You give alms, wonderful. And all you, you do this and you sacrifice, wonderful. Yeah, but you see, you see, you got your reward. People saw you, but in heaven, you got nothing because you didn't do it before God. You did it to be seen of men. If you do something just to be seen of men, that's all you got. There's your reward. They saw you. Point final, like we say in French. That's it. That's it. The motive of the heart is the key to everything. That's how you'll be judging myself in what we do. Joseph was great, not necessarily because of what he did, but because of who he is. Joseph was great because of his life. 
That's what makes anyone great. You see, it's not necessarily about doing, but about being. Are you with me? Doing is important. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not, listen, we need to be doers of the word. But doing without being means nothing. There's a lot of doing, but if the being doesn't accompany the doing, it means nothing. And Jesus gives us the ingredients of what being really is. That's who Jesus calls great. Jesus calls great differently than what the world calls blessed and great. The world calls blessed by seeing a lot on the outside. Oh, you gave a lot. Oh, wow. Oh, you, you built that. Oh, oh, you did this. Oh, you earned all that money. All these things are the tangible, the externals. Man bases greatness on the externals, what is seen on the outside. Oh, look what you did. And it's visual, and you can see it, and people applaud those deeds. Marvelous! But God might be weeping. Because God doesn't call that great. What God calls great or blessed are internal. Blessed are the meek. The world don't care for meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The world cares nothing about poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. The world cares nothing about... All internal. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. All internal characteristics. This is who God elevates. This is why Joseph was so great. There was something inside of him that set him apart. And we're going to see this in these two tests he went through. You see, tests will determine and reveal who you really are. Joseph had character. And so let's begin test number one, the test of prosperity. We see this in verses one to six. The Bible tells us that Joseph was prosperous, but you may not think prosperous. Prosperous doesn't necessarily mean physical, but in this context, we see that the physical blessings came upon Joseph, even though he was a slave. Isn't that interesting? Notice verse number two. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master's the Egyptian. He was a prosperous man, but he was a slave. He was a prosperous man, but he was a slave. Isn't that interesting? Prosperous. You see, friends, how you handle, now watch this now, prosperity and blessings also reveals who you are. How you handle your prosperity will reveal who you are also. You see, Gideon failed the test. If you remember when Gideon succeeded, they offered him to be king. He said no, he eventually wanted to be king, and he asked for the gold, and he became a little greedy. Uzziah failed, failed the test. His fame spread abroad, and he wanted part of the spoils. He wanted, he wanted all that success. He wanted all for himself, and the Bible says he was marvelously helped till he became strong in his own eyes. Success can, can, bring, can intoxicate the heart can pollute the mind. Success is a, is a very difficult thing. And that's why I've entitled my series, How Do You Handle Success? How Do You Succeed in Success? Joseph was prosperous. 
prosperous. And under prosperity, I'm going to give you some subpoints. Okay, I want to give you some subpoints that begin with P. I want you to notice his prominence. Joseph's prominence, verse 2, his prominence, he was with Joseph, God was with him, and he was prosperous man, and he was in the house, what? Of this Egyptian, he was in Potiphar's house, Potiphar's house, he was selected to be a servant, he was selected to be a slave, in Potiphar's house, would be more or less like the White House of today, he would meet all kinds of dignitaries, and all kinds of officials, in Potiphar's house, So Joseph was a slave and yet he was meeting all these big shots and talking with all kinds of prominent people. Remember the Bible says everything he did, God blessed him. Life lesson, number one, watch this now. Prosperity is not a factor of circumstances or of money, but a factor of your inner man, of character. When someone is truly prosperous, it doesn't necessarily mean physical. It means spiritual. It means internal. The Bible is focusing in on Joseph's inner man, although he also had external blessing. But here we see something about Joseph's character. Verse number one, he was prosperous man, but he was a slave. It seems contradicted. How can you be prosperous and be a slave? So certainly, certainly it must mean something beyond the physical realm. How can you be prosperous and be a slave? Doesn't make sense. So there was something about Joseph beyond the fact that he was promoted physically that made him prosperous. But, but, the Bible says he's prosperous, but it seems like, like an oxymoron. He was prosperous, but he was a slave. No. We see his prominence. Number two, notice his position. Verse two and five. Watch this now, his position, verse 2 and 5. We just read verse 2, notice verse 5. Watch, and it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all the land that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Wow, wow, his prominence, his position. Just like we see for David. How many times have we read in Chronicles, in Samuel? God blessed whosoever house because of David for David's sake. How many times have you heard, I will do this for what? For David's sake. What was it about David? Well, we see the same thing here. David and Joseph are very similar. He blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. How many times? You know what? Sometimes you might be blessed not because of you, but because of someone you're living with. That's just for free. Whatever that's worth, you can take it. Bring it to the bank. If not, you can just do it. But, but that's true. Sometimes things are blessed. Your environment is it's not because of somebody with you. Somebody you're working with. I'll be honest with you. Some, uh, some of us guys in our homes, can I, can I, can I, I might get mad. I might get some letters. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think maybe your home is blessed. Or maybe not so much for you. Maybe not because you earn more money. Maybe because your wife is so sweet and so godly. Huh? I don't know. That's uh, that can get me in trouble. But I know all the women are saying, hey, "Yes, Pastor, keep preaching it, keep going." <laughs> For Joseph's sake, he blessed this heathen. Wow! What a statement. That's that's incredible to think that God can bless your family just because of you. 
One person can make such a difference. One person can make such a difference. His position. You see, Potiphar reminded his wife. Now watch this now. I want you to see something very important here. Potiphar now is reminding his wife, we're going to see this in a few moments, that no man is greater than Joseph. No man. God's favor was upon him. You see, Joseph had total freedom in the position and the administration of the home. And that can be dangerous. That can be dangerous. Let me tell you something. To give such control, in fact, Potiphar didn't even know all that he did, the Bible says. The point is, he was trustworthy. Joseph was trust. Modern day Josephs are trustworthy. Modern day Josephs are loyal. Modern day Josephs stick it through. He trusted Joseph all alone in the house. He's a slave coming in and he gave him full reign and and he didn't even check up on him. He didn't even know what he, he trusts him so much, the Bible says, he gave him free course. Let me ask you, can your boss say that of you, where you work? That's just a rhetorical question. Nobody needs to respond to that. But does your boss trust you? Can your boss leave the work and have you stay there and do what needs to be done? Does he have to check up on you to see if the work's being done? Because he doesn't trust you. Now just think about that for a moment. Here's a slave coming into Potiphar's house. He's not only running the house, he's now he's not giving him free access. He's not even checking. This guy can rob him silly. He's not even thinking about that because he's trustworthy. Faithful. Modern day Josephs are faithful. You can trust them. Modern day Josephs are reliable. You can trust that person. Pastor, I'll be there at 9 o'clock tomorrow. And inside of you, you're saying, that person's not going to be there. He's not even going to be. Why would I say that? Because his record tells me so. He's not reliable. My wife's sister, Melena, my sister-in-law, if she tells you she's going to be somewhere at 8 o'clock, you can be sure she'll be there at 8 o'clock. I'm telling you, sharp. How do, because every time she said she'll, she was there. So over the years, you can trust someone like that. People, they talk and they say a lot of things, but the reality is, are you there? The reality is, are you doing what you're saying? You see, Joseph was trustworthy, reliable. Titus chapter 2 verse 10. My dear sister Paul, if you can, if you can I, want, I want to show you something about being loyal. Not purloining, but showing all good fidelity, loyalty, trustworthiness. That's what the Greek word is that they may adorn the doctrine of God. So, so Paul is saying, here is something, we need to strive to be loyal. Lo- See, these are, not, these are not things that the world, co- oh, what a great, he's loyal. We don't care about that. Is he making money? That's what matters. Is he, uh, does he have any sick? But who cares for loyal, trust, meek in spirit? Care- See, God is concerned about your character faithfulness is part of your character it's part of your disposition are you loyal and so we see 
his position and his prominence. He was trustworthy. Number three, I want you to see something about Joseph. Is now he has power. Power. Potiphar said to Joseph, I will give you the responsibility and the authority to be in charge. Excuse me, of the White House? You're going to put me in charge of, 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 this is a place where people hang out. The bi- I'm in a slave? What? You know what drives men crazy, brothers and sisters? Are you ready for this? Power. Authority. You want to test someone's character? Give them authority. Oh. You want to test that person's character? Give them a position of high credibility. See how they respond to it. Oh, no problem. Oh, yeah. You know how many people have fallen because of that? Because their motive is wrong? You know, friends, there's nothing more intoxicating than the sip of power. Nothing. It makes people crazy. People lose their minds. Nothing more intoxicating. What do you think, you know, some of these basketball players or football players or even hockey players, you know, they, 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 they come from backgrounds, even some entertainers. They were living in rags and all of a sudden they get a part in a movie or they make it in big time in the NHL or the NBA or Major League Baseball and all of a sudden something changes they go a little crazy they go a little crazy all of a sudden from rags to riches and they, their minds they, they go berserk something happens to them they were living in the slums now they're owning mansions hard it's hard to live they, they can't handle it they can't handle it. And some of them, they, 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 they make all these millions of dollars and you find out they got no money in the bank. They don't know how to deal with this success. Joseph had prominence. He had a position. He had power. He also had popularity. Popularity. Verse 23. He had popularity. We didn't get there, but here it is. And the keeper in the prison looked not at anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him, and which he did, and the Lord made him to prosper. Man, he had, he, he, he made, the Lord made him to prosper, and everybody knew it. He was popular. This slave became the cat's meow in the potter's house. This slave who doesn't even speak Egyptian is becoming a big... How can this be? How can it be possible? And the Egyptians, you want to talk about racism and prejudice? The Egyptians hated the Jews. The Egyptians loathed the Hebrews. They were considered to be less than human. That's right. And now Potiphar... An aristocrat is elevating a Hebrew? You risk a lot here, Mr. Potiphar. But God gave him the favor, you see? God promoted him. He became very popular very quickly. And the Bible says that God blessed him immediately. Verse 2, God's hand was with him and everybody knew it. 
Everybody saw it, even the ungodly, even the ungodly saw it. Notice what it says in verse number three. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Oh my God, what a, what a sermon. There's a sermon right here. You know what? Joseph was great. They saw something in him that was beyond the physical realm. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify the Father. They saw, what do people see in you? When you're at work, what do people see? Potiphar can be a picture of the world. What does the world see in you? See, because sometimes we say, well, you know what? You know, I'm not in church. Or maybe I can just kind of, you know, lay loose here. I can just hang out. I can be, no, no, no. What do people see in you? Determines your character, who you really are. Anybody can go to church and wave their hands on Sunday. Go to prayer meetings. and We all can do that. But who, who are you after the prayer meeting's over? Who are you when the sacrifice is over? Remember, Cain murdered Abel after the sacrifice. After he went to church. Oh my. Yes. Number five, Joseph had power, position, prominence, popularity, but he also had an incredible physique. <laughs> you say, what? What does that have to do with it? When I mean physique, I, I'm just because I'm in the peas all of a sudden, but really what I meant by physique, he was very handsome. Oh yeah, the Bible says he was very handsome. Absolutely. Notice what it says here. Verse six. Notice what it says in verse number six. Watch this now, watch this now. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. The goodly person here in the original, the Hebrew, it means he had a good appearance. He was good looking, he was handsome. Joseph was handsome. And you know, being handsome, you know, is a good thing I think, but it could also be a bad thing, especially if you got a Potiphar's wife that's after you. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 Joseph, now, you know, I, I, I like this, that he was handsome. You know, I did a bit, it's not much research, but I looked at a scripture in Genesis 29, verse 17. The Bible tells us that Rachel was Joseph's mother. We understand that. And the Bible says that she was beautiful. She was beautiful and well-favored. It's the same word we see here. That tells us, friends, that children get their good looks from their mothers. And in my case, the Bible's wrong. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just in my case, that's a hundred percent true. Not a hundred, a thousand if there's such a thing. Uh, yes, yes. If you see my wife, you can understand me. But uh, the point is that Joseph was good looking, but it got him into trouble. Because he had, there was a wife, there was a woman. And by the way, men get a bad rap here of always being sexual proud, and they are, for the, you know, that's no doubt about that. But you know, women can be just as dastardly as men can. I know there's not going to be many amens from the ladies here, but it's the absolute truth. Especially in the generation which we live in. 
Do you know that statistically we find out that women are committing adultery just as much as men are, obviously. But adultery, not fornication, adultery. Women are committing as much adultery as men. M women. Things are changing, my brothers and my sisters. But this woman had her eyes on this man and it just was persistent it didn't want to just she, she couldn't let this go now it's important because this describes to us and shows us Joseph's integrity that we're going to talk about in a minute what have we talked about this morning so far the test of prosperity check it Joseph passed the, the test of prosperity Joseph passed the test many fail in success, Joseph passed. Many fail when they get blessed. They think they've done it on their own and they fail. Many fail in success because they think they can do it on their own. Many fail on success because now I did it. I don't need God. And they fail. Now we come to the second test, the test of purity in verse number 7. Let's find out what happens. Verse number 7. And it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast eyes upon Joseph and she said, come and, she has no class. I mean, I mean she's pretty direct. You know, you, can we go for dinner? Can we maybe have some flowers and maybe have some box of chocolate? Something. Just, hey, you, come sleep with me now. You know what? I mean, you know, I thought men aren't romantic, but she's pretty bad here. I don't see any romance here, you know. I don't see romance in it. No romance here whatsoever. Wow. Just come here and lie on you know. Very, I talk about being direct. You know? Now, here's this poor, innocent Hebrew, red-blooded Hebrew man who has feelings and emotions like anybody else has this woman of authority propose, make a proposition now notice, that and I like looking at every word in the Bible how about you? you like looking at every word? I do I know it's not popular to do that today but I do I look at every word in the Bible the it's, the ands, the buts notice what it says here in verse number 7 look what it says here it says here and it came to pass after these things. What things? Came to after the blessing, after he experienced the test of prosperity, after these things we're talking about. After all these things we just talked about. She noticed, hey, this guy Joseph, he's pretty cool. Look at look at this man, a slave and people. Look, he's, my husband sees something. Look, he's he's pretty well man. To know this guy I want to get to know him a little bit more that's what the Bible is saying that's what the Bible is suggesting after these things after all these great things that Joseph went through and man look at him look what I want to I'm intrigued by him but I'm also attracted to him I don't know what kind of marriage she had I don't think it was a good marriage maybe Mr. Potiphar was busy all the time didn't spend much time with her I don't know Maybe she was a very lonely woman. Sometimes the busier you are, the more lonely you are. Sometimes the higher position you have, the more lonely you are. I don't know. That's for free. We can talk about that some other time. But here he is. This woman, the Bible says, casted her eyes upon him. She wanted him. She desired. She lusted after him. But Joseph stood true 
to his convictions. Modern day Josephs stay true to their convictions. Modern day Josephs do not compromise. Ah, pastor, that's legalistic. No. That's obedience. A taboo word we don't like to talk about today in the modern church. We don't like talking about obedience, repentance. We don't like talking about holiness. We don't like talking about the blood of Jesus. We don't want to talk about it. Just tell me how much God wants to bless me and give me. That's what I want to hear today. And so under this test of purity, you know, I'm going to give you some sub-points. I've got to. And I want you to notice, first of all, this test came, number one, my first S, I'll give you some S's, was a surprise temptation. Everything was going well. He was on the top. I mean, God is blessing him. How many times did the devil come after you when you're being blessed? How many times did the devil attack you when you're at the top? He's at the top of how he can possibly be. He's a slave, but he's running the house. I mean, how much better can it get? And the devil comes right at him. The devil will come at you when God's blessing you. The devil will come for your throat when he sees something happening in your life. Try to bring you down. And it was a surprise attack because Joseph didn't expect it. A lot of times these temptations come when you don't expect it. All of a sudden, surprise, he finds out that she wants him. And it happens when we least realize it, don't we? It happens. But number two, not only was it a, a, a surprise attack of temptation, it was also a sustained temptation. A sustained temptation. The Bible says, notice verse 10, I believe it is, day by day. She sexually uh, approached him day by day. That Now the Bible doesn't tell us how long, but day by day could be a very long time. It's one thing to go through a trial, but to go through that trial day by day by day, that takes what? That takes character. Character! Character! Fortitude! Conviction! Something that the church doesn't like to talk about too much today. Oh, don't give me another sermon on character. Another sermon on holiness. I don't want to. It takes character to have a sustained attack and still strong. When you're a single, normal, Hebrew, red-blooded male in his 20s at the prime of his sexual peak, Huh? Did Joseph make excuses? Well, you know, I, I'm just a man, you know. And I, 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 I'm just, God can't blame me for this. I mean, you never hear Joseph saying that. Well, I was caught off guard, you know, pastor. I just didn't expect, you know, I'm just I'm like anybody else. I'm the, you don't hear Joseph making excuses. The Bible says she spoke to Joseph day by day. When we see the similarities between Joseph and David, David was being persecuted by Saul day by day for 14 years. And he sustained it. 14 years! And in 14 years, David never executed vengeance against Saul. 
You see how to succeed in success. We see Joseph doing the same thing. He's going through day-by-day tribulations and temptations. Constant. That constant trial can wear you out, my friends. And you get your trial and you get your title. Favor isn't fair. God, if I have your favor, why am I going through this? If I have your favor, why am I experiencing this, Lord? And so Joseph's under attack day by day, moment by moment, if you will. And it can wear you down if you're not careful. Oh my goodness, can it ever wear you down? But he stood the test. Number three, not only was it a sustained attack, but it was a secret attack. Oh, oh, here's a big one. Because, because a lot of times when we sin, if we sin, it's usually in secret. Secret, secret sins. You know, we, again, we don't talk much about this anymore. You know, we... Preachers don't like to talk about it as much. Sin, we don't like. Secret sins. What you do when no one's looking. That's a big one. That's a huge one. That again reveals who you are. See, Joseph was a type of Christ because when Joseph, wherever he was, he reflected God. Whether he was the public place or the private place. Are y'all with me? Who you are is who you are when no one's looking. you are is who you are when no one's looking in the secret place and how many times have I said this I said it last week I'm going to say it again because this is this is this is a constant with Joseph the secret of being a saint is being a saint in secret I don't care how loud you shout I don't care if you've memorized scripture to uh, the book of Genesis and the book of Haggai and Zephaniah. God bless you. I'm glad you did. But that doesn't make you, uh, a, a, you know, a spiritual giant. The secret of being a saint is being a saint. This was a secret attack. Nobody was around. Joseph was there with the wife's boss and she laid her claws into Joseph's here's my chance no one would know Joseph saying nobody's going to know but life lesson number two the test of a man's character is what he does in secret the test of a man's character is what he does in secret Joseph could have gone away with it hey no one's going to see no one's going to know how many times have we committed sin. We committed sin by saying, well, there's nobody around here. Who's going to know? And so, just a thought. Now watch this. See, yielding to temptation would have been perhaps a political move for Joseph. If Joseph becomes like a, a you know, has a relationship with her, like become a mistress, so to speak, then, then maybe she could do something politically for me. Maybe she can elevate, because she was very powerful. It, some scholars believe that she ran the house, that, that part of her was really her puppet. We don't know, it's very possible. And Joseph could have been thinking the way the world thinks. Do something for me so, so I can do something for you. See, there's no purity in that. So I'll do that, yeah, yeah, but if I get something in return... 
We don't see this with Joseph. He didn't care about politics, government. He didn't, what, even though he was a great administrator and part of the government eventually, but he didn't care about that. He didn't have an agenda. He didn't have an agenda. And so by refusing though, however, the wrath of this woman could have come upon him. And that was, listen, there's no scorn like a what? I don't hear, can, can somebody say that? Because if I get it, I might get in trouble. So can, somebody, can somebody quote that same? Excuse me, can you say that again, please, Melissa? Hell hath no what? Like a what? Now, I don't know if that's true, 100%, but there's some truth to that. <laughs> and you can be sure the wrath of this woman could have caused Joseph a lot of problems by refusing her. But you see, here's his character. He would rather please God than please man. Are you with me? Rather please God. I know nobody's looking and I might get promoted, but I don't care about that. I rather please God. I rather please God. I rather. Listen, that's the problem today. We rather. Listen, we have no problem uh, offending God. We have no problem because, you know. But offending man, no, I don't. But I have no problem offending God. But I've got a problem offending man. So I'm going to become a man pleaser. Why do you think all these preachers have such a great following? Because people like what they're hearing. You start preaching the truth, I guarantee you, those 40,000, 50,000 people that attend that church will dwindle down to maybe a thousand. I promise you that. Man pleasers preaching and saying and doing things that appeal to the flesh. Oh, you can get a great gathering if you want. But the minute you preach truth, Jesus said, You want to be my disciple? You got to eat of my body and drink of my blood. And the Bible says, When they heard that, that this certain disciples or what, they left him. They couldn't handle that message. People don't like this type of message. I'd rather have a message where Jesus is some kind of cosmic bellhop. I'd rather have that. I want a message where Jesus becomes some cosmic Santa Claus. So he can, that's the message I want. But no, Joseph couldn't offend God he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't do that and Joseph was a normal human being friends it wasn't because he you know didn't have a sex drive no he probably did because he got married later on but Joseph was faithful to God first faithful to God first faithful to God first and so we need to ask, how does he have this ability, this power? And I'm going to share some thoughts as we close this morning. I'm going to give you some thoughts by way of application. So the next section we're giving you this morning is application to the message. How was Joseph able to resist? We'll close with that as application. Number one, Joseph had conviction before the crisis. Joseph had a conviction before the crisis. 
Joseph had a conviction before Potiphar's wife came and laid his eyes on her, on him. Bible says in verse number 8, watch this now, verse number 8, and, but he refused, but he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, my master wanted not, what is, what is with me in the house? And he hath committed all these things to my hand. I can't do this to my boss. I can't. He refused, just like Daniel in Daniel 1.8. He purposed in his heart that he would not be defiled. He purposed in his heart. He, listen, listen. He wanted to please God because he loved God. When you love God, you want to please God. When you love God, you want to please God and not your senses. You want to gratify the word of God, if you will, and not your own flesh. That lays precedent. He wanted to please God. He made it up in his mind. Watch this now. About sin before the temptation came. He made up his mind about sin. That's right, sin. You hear me, Mr. Prosperity Teacher? Sin. That's what the Bible speaks against. Again, we don't talk about sin. He made up his mind about sin. And that sex outside of marriage is sin. Do you hear me out there? I know we don't preach this anymore because we don't like to hear about this thing. But I'm going to say it again. Sex outside of marriage is sin. What kind of sex? You hear that? I did not have sex with that woman, Mr. Clinton. Yes, you did. You had sex with her personified. How dare you? He made up his mind. And the point is, modern day Josephs make up their mind before the crisis comes, before the crisis comes, before the crisis comes. That's so important. We under Listen, listen. You don't prepare for battle when the war comes. You prepare for battle before the war comes. Reveals your character. He made up his mind. Reveals who you are. Proverbs 24.10. Proverbs 24.10. Do we have it out there? Watch what the Bible says about this. If thou faint in the day of adversity, adversity, thy strength is what? If you fall after, oh no, pastor, I couldn't help it. I sinned, I couldn't, you know. If you faint in the day, if you just collapse, and you do it all the time and you got no, well then you got no, you know what, you, you, you have no fortitude spiritually. That means you're, you're, you got, you're, you, there's a weakness in your commitment to God. I tell you, I've been pastoring for a long time. If I can tell you how many people I've talked to, you know, they, they're, they're constantly involved in some kind of sin here, a little bit of sin there, a bit of sin over here. But what's going on here? But you know, I'm, you know, pastor. No, wait a minute. If that's the case, the Bible says your strength is small. Your commitment to God is not strong at all. Can I be bold enough to tell you that? It reveals who you are. 
that temptation reveals who you are if you succumb to it. Let me ask you something, friends. Anybody like tea here? Who likes tea? I don't like tea, but if you like tea, that's what you like tea, Melissa? Okay, Melissa. So here I am, I'm going to serve you some tea. I'm going to go, I'm going to boil some water. Are you with me? I got my water, I got my cup here, and I'm going to give you the cup of boiling water. Okay, can you take it, please? Thank you very much. And I'm going to get you a tea bag. Can I get you a tea bag? And I'm going to put this tea bag in the boiling water. Okay? Now, what if I gave you a cup, but it wasn't hot? It was maybe lukewarm or cold. What would happen if I put the tea bag in there? Not much. But what happens when I put the tea bag in boiling water? Boiling water releases the flavor of the tea. Boiling trials reveal the flavor of your character. Not lukewarm tea water. Not cold water. Hot trials. Can you last? In the furnace. Joseph did. Joseph did. He made up his mind. Number two, he knew that love involved loyalty. Joseph was loyal. Verses 8 9. Joseph gives us one of the, the strongest reasons why he made up he made himself a loyal servant to his boss. Joseph is saying, I can't sin against you without sinning against him. And if I sin against you and I sin against him, I'm ultimately sinning against God. Wow! That's character! Wow. I don't see that much today. But modern day Josephs, that's what they say. You see, Joseph knew what it would feel like because he was betrayed. And some scholars are saying, well, you know, Joseph had an extra conviction because he was betrayed by his brothers. I'm not going to betray my boss. Sometimes we do certain things because we've experienced it ourselves and we don't want others to experience it. That's a possibility. But I think it's much deeper than that. Now the world says, hold on now, Pastor. What two people do behind closed doors is their own business. Okay? Don't... That's, that's, that's none of your business. That's their business. If they want to do it, then that's okay. No, there's no problem because it's consensual. As long as it's consensual, it's okay. Don't have to worry about it. Nobody's going to get hurt. No, nothing. Sin. As long as it's. Let me tell you something. There's always a price to pay when you sin. There's always a price to pay when you. When Achim sinned against God by stealing and taking all that, his whole family suffered the pangs of that. A man in Texas, I shared this not too long ago, had a problem with lust. He was away from his wife on a business trip. He hired a prostitute. They went to the hotel. He slept with her. She stayed with him till the next morning. She left early. True story. He goes to the bathroom to get ready for his business conference leaving his wife home, calling her before, everything's fine, honey. He finds on his bathroom mirror in crimson red lipstick, the writings are, welcome to the world of AIDS. She gave him AIDS. She couldn't care less about him. Sin will make you callous, despondent. And, and the truth is, that that affected not only him, but it affected his wife, 
his family. He couldn't have relations to his dad. Everything went south from that day on. You can be sure, my friend, when you sin, it's going to affect others. Number three, then he had a sense to avoid the source. He had a sense to avoid the source. Watch verse 10. Watch for This is really powerful. Watch verse 10. Powerful, powerful, powerful. What a man Joseph is. What a man, what a man. And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie, or, watch this now, even to be with her. Excuse me? Not only do I don't want to sleep with you, ma'am, I don't even want to hang around you. Now, I see something in this. What does the Bible say in Thessalonians? Abstain from all evil. Joseph personified that. I'm not even going to associate. Why? Because I don't want to be influenced by you. I'm just a man. I, I, you know, I got to fight this like anybody else. But I don't want to hang around you. I don't want to be tempted. I don't want to be influenced. So I don't want to hang around with you. Do you realize how incredible this is? Now you know why Joseph typified Christ. I don't want to be influenced by you, so please. Imagine if we lived like that, modern day Josephs. I don't want to, I don't even want to hang around you because, not because I don't like you, but that's it. You know, I, I, I don't want to be influenced by you. Not at all. Now, that's so significant because the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10.33 that bad company corrupts morals. Oh, Pastor Dino, my son's a good boy. I heard that when I counseled some of these young people years ago. Oh, but that's a nice guy. and she's, You know, he just hung around the wrong crowd. That's wrong? He hangs around the wrong crowd because he likes the crowd. Sorry, Mom, I know you love your son, but man... Let the truth be the truth. Is that not true, Esther? Amen. Amen. So, Joseph said, I'm not hanging around you, man. I don't want to be influenced by you. Proverbs 12, 26, the wicked, the way of the wicked seduces. The way of the wicked is seduction. Modern day Joseph's try to avoid seduction and to be tempted don't give themselves an opportunity to be tempted you know in 1991 I was working with my mother amazing story I just got saved in 1980 I was on fire for God I, 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 I witnessed to anything that moved if you, it didn't matter who you were, what you were. I spent all day preaching the gospel. I was supposed to work with my mother. I didn't even spend time in the store. I was so hungry for God, so hungry to share the gospel. And I met this lady. We'll call her Louise. So I met Louise, and she seemed so open to God. And I was all excited. And she goes, well, you want to talk to me more about this? I said, sure. I'm all happy. Well, where do you, where do you, well we can talk later after, after work. No, no, no. Why don't you come over? I said, uh, come over. I said, I'm all excited, I'm young. I said, oh, okay, where do you live? And so, you know, found out she lived in, East, in the Montreal. 
And so I'm all excited. I'm going to share the gospel. She seems open. But something inside me, it didn't sit right. But I was so excited to share the gospel. Yeah, I, I, I kind of lost a sense of reality here. And so I went against what I believed was right, but I went anyway. I went because of the hope of bringing her to Christ. And so what do I do? I, I, there I am. There I am. I, I ring the doorbell, and, and, I, and, and uh, she, uh, she opens the door. She's actually, she, you know, there was like a screen door, so I had to open the door first to get in and she was on top of the steps and she opened the other door so like there were two doors kind of a weird setup and so she opens the door and she appears and she's completely naked <laughs> yeah you want to come and witness the gospel I, can t- I don't know what kind of gospel you want me to witness to but, but that's no gospel to me and I took off I literally I I, no, 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 I'm not kidding you. I, I had fear come all over me. I don't know what, I'm, listen, and I'm not the type, okay? I'm going to tell you, I had a very bad background, okay? I, I lived it up, so don't let me get you. It's not because I'm Mr. Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. No, 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 friends. I had holy fear come all over me because I realized this was a, a plot from the devil. That's why. That's why I had fear come all over me. I ran. I'm, I'm t- I just took off. I never seen her again. Thank God. <laughs> and so, brothers and sisters, we need to avoid the source. And then, lastly, watch us now. Joseph was still shocked by sin. Excuse me? That's right. Joseph was still shocked by sin. Today, we're not shocked by sin. We don't we know what sin is. What sin? Jeremiah chapter 8, the Bible says that the sins of Israel were so devastating. Watch it, verse 12, that they didn't even blush anymore. Jeremiah 8, 12. Sin can be so, so evil and vile that people don't even blush anymore. That's the society in which we live in today. I'm sick and, can I say it? I might get letters. I'm so sick and tired of drag queens making commercials that my children are watching. I'm sick and tired of having drag queens talking about Visa and the banks and the playgrounds and the this ground. I'm sick and tired of all these commercials and I'm watching a show and all of a sudden in this commercial they're talking about some hotel and somebody's coming up and saying, oh, hello, this is my husband. Joe, thank you. I'm tired of this. The world doesn't care anymore. In our schools now, they're getting books on how to live with mommy and mommy and how to live with daddy and daddy. And they go on, it's become such an agenda. That's all you hear about today. The LGBTQ community just running everything and militant spirit. And if you oppose it, they call you a bigot. They call you a hate monger, a whoremonger, whatever they want to call you. The truth sounds like hate when you hate the truth. shocked by sin. Joseph was still shocked by sin. We have such little standards today. Such little standards today. I was watching a program 
a documentary on a church, an Anglican Methodist church in the United States of America. Wesley Church, it's a more of a Methodist church. That's John Wesley preached the greatest revivals arguably of all time. John Wesley. I studied his life. What a man that would crawl, would curdle. So they're invited the guest speaker to speak at this Methodist church in the United States. And they introduced a, a drag queen by the name of Pentecost. So Pentecost is going to preach the Word of God. Maybe going to talk about Pentecost. I don't know. Oh, you're kidding me now, right? And so now we are entertaining all things in churches. We have no regard for sin. We don't blush over sin. Anything goes. There's no absolutes anymore. Everything is relative. It makes no difference. And little by little, friends, if we keep a blind eye, our standards get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. That's what happens today. We got no standards anymore. In verse 9, Joseph said, how can I do this terrible wickedness? Did you see that? How can I do this wickedness against him, against God? He was still shocked by sin. Today we're not shocked by sin anymore. I don't hear about this anymore. Everything is relative. I got a word for you, Mr. Pro-abortion, pro-lifer. Yeah, I got a word for you today. Scientists have discovered bacteria in Mars. Did you know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Scientists have discovered bacteria in Mars. And they're saying, guess what, world? There's life on Mars. Wonderful. Mr. Pro-life, Mr. Pro-abortion, uh, you think there's life on Mars because of a bacteria? Uh, in the womb of a woman, there was a child with a heartbeat beating boom ba da boom and you abort that child, and you say, that's not life. But the bacteria in Mars is life. What in heaven, what has happened to the world? What has happened to the world? We're losing our reality. We've lost everything. We... Joseph retreated. He was still shocked and he left. The Bible says, watch this now. Verse 11, look what happens. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there and she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But again, no diplomacy again. Here he goes twice now. Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled. Listen, as I said this last week, he rather leave his coat behind than his character. Modern day Josephs are concerned about their character, not about their coat. We live in a world obsessed with coats and things that look good things only the exterior we're obsessed of the exteriors the exterior Joseph couldn't care less about his coat but he cared about his character that's 
what is priceless, my friend. Your character means everything. Your reputation means everything. That's why Joseph was arguably the greatest man of God that ever lived because of his character. His character. His character. Was he a coward to run? Absolutely not. It took courage. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.21 to flee immorality. Flee. Run. Joseph, on the other side of the cross, did what Paul says. Run! That's right. That's not a coward. He's doing what the Bible says. Run. Flee. Read it for yourselves. Flee means to run. Youthful lust. Run. Get out of there. Why? He loved God. Today's message, we don't hear this. No sin. No running. You just made a mistake. You've got the power to overcome. You've got the power in you. You can be what you want. Today we hear the message of the little God theology. We're all little gods. We have it in us. You just have to unleash your inner goddess. Quote unquote from some very well-known preacher. You just have to tap into your divinity. Quote from another well-known preacher. What? What divinity? What lies? You just need to dig down deep and unleash who you really are. You know who you really are? You're wicked and you're sinful. Jeremiah 17. That's who we really are. We need a savior. That's who we really are. We don't hear this today in a man-centered gospel. So Joseph passed. He passed because he got himself a good pair of Nikes. These aren't Nikes, but they're a good representation. I'm going to tell you something, folks. Joseph passed the test of prosperity and the test of purity because he got a good pair of Nikes. The word Nike in the Greek is the word Nikos. The word Nikos in the Greek means, in the English, overcomer. Joseph was able to overcome, yes, because he loved God, but because he had a good pair of running shoes on. And he took off, man. He got his Nikes, and he took off. That's what modern-day Josephs need to do sometimes. You don't stick around. You take off. My God. My God. That's why he passed the test of prosperity and the test of purity because he was faithful, he was loyal, he had convictions, and he stood the test. Modern day Joseph, stand the test. Modern day Josephs, don't make excuses. Modern day Josephs, run when they need to run. Having done all, let us stand. Let us stand in this day, my friend. Buy a good pair of Nikes. And let's go for it. Let's all stand together, please. Oh God.
Every head bowed, please. If you're watching on Facebook, on YouTube, please bow your head if you can. I need to ask you a question to look within your own hearts. Is it your desire to be a modern-day Joseph or a modern-day Josephine? (laughs) Josephine is the female version of Joseph. If you want to be a Josephine or a Joseph in this generation, it's going to take commitment. It's going to take a willingness to take a stand. It's going to take a willingness to stand firm in your convictions and your desires. You want to be a modern day Joseph, you got to be faithful and loyal. You want to be a modern day Joseph, you got to say no to sin. You want to be a modern day Joseph, you have to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. That's what will give you the power to overcome. We're going to sing a chorus and then we're going to pray.